Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Victory Monday. I'm your host, Mike Wall, for the On My Block Podcast, Packers Podcast. You can find me at MikeWall68 on Twitter, process to perform on Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're enjoying the show, please hit that subscribe button. Like, rate, like, can I say that right? Like, rate, and review us on our process to perform channel on YouTube. <clears throat> keep coming with the questions. Keep coming with the interaction. I appreciate it. Most of the stuff you can just send to that Twitter, MikeWall68. I'll say it again. Our show is sponsored by BetOnline AG. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, esports, football, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get into the action. Remember, use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit Bet online where the game starts. This game was really about, well, for the Packers, we didn't start until the fourth quarter. But Packers end up winning this game 18 to 17. Saints miss a field goal to, to kind of close it out. They did a good job fighting back to beat to fair point and give themselves an opportunity to win. Guy pushes the ball up by a couple feet. That's the way the ball bounces. Uh, you have to appreciate let's just start out with kind of some some real basic game summary stuff. You have to appreciate. In my opinion, what the Packers did against the Saints, um, or this is really—if if you kind of look at this game objectively, this is like two second-team units in some senses, especially when Carr gets gets knocked out. The injury report on the Packers is like a who's who. You got Bakhtiari, you got Elgin Jenkins, you got uh, Aaron uh, Aaron Jones, you got Christian Watson, you got Jair Alexander not playing against against that formidable uh, wide receiver group for the New Orleans Saints. Alvin Kamara is out. Jamal Williams is out for the Saints. Cesar Ruiz, their right guard, who's a great player, first-round draft pick, one of their better players on the offensive line, goes down early. 
So they got to shuffle that offensive line around. That offensive line wasn't necessarily as strong as, as it has been in years past prior to this game anyways. So to come back from the largest, I think that's the largest deficit. Jordan Love just had the, the largest 17-point comeback in the fourth quarter is the largest comeback of any, at least any of the three guys, maybe in Packers history. I can't remember the, the stats now, but I think more than more than Brett, more than Aaron. So kudos to that for sure. And we just have a kind of, I have a little bit of a good, bad, and ugly here. You know, the good, um, 18 unanswered in the fourth quarter, no question. Uh, the defense really, after getting just ran all over 211 yards versus the Falcons, they give up 10 points. Remember, we had another special teams deal. I'll deal with that in a minute. 252 total yards, only 77 yards rushing for a three and a half yards per carry. And remember, when we talk about rushing now, you can look at the total yards, but you also have to look at the effectiveness for per play. So 3.5 yards per carry, even though everybody's going, well, Mike, if you get three and a half yards a carry three times, that's 10 and a half yards. You get a first down. Yeah, nobody runs the ball three times in a row. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't work out. It does, not Probably not once in this whole game they run the ball three times in a row. It's just not how offensive coordinators are wired these days. Um, and then I think maybe the most important thing for me, not only as a, a person who really enjoys watching this player, but I think Packers need him more than now, now than ever. Rashawn Gary, in my opinion, declares his candidacy for defensive player of the year is officially open here in week three with three sacks dominant performance you're gonna see you're gonna see all three of them on film some of them are head scratchers like saint guys what are you thinking from a coaching perspective the bad we lost the turnover battle again it was only one nothing jordan i think love had his first pick but we lost the turnover battle for the second week in a row this time it ends up in a victory the Packers really struggle. If you watch the game until the fourth quarter, you really struggle on what I would just call conversion downs. So it could be second or third down, but it's you know five or less, six or less. For whatever reason, we took a lot of deep shots this week, didn't hit on a lot of them, particularly early in the game. I know obviously Romeo Dobbs had the great catch down the sideline, but we're not connecting with some of those deep balls. I think it's a good and bad. You have to kind of feel that out. You see a lot of people are going to talk about the Musgrave route down the middle. Did he run it too flat? Did he lead in too much? Yes, um, but you have to put these balls in the air. And I think Jordan Love, all those completion percentages low at 50. You like when you get a win, you like that you can put some of that out there and try to stretch the field, even though we don't have Christian Watson. Um, I think the third, the bad thing is Love's, I just said it, Love is playing to win. I think he's 22 of 44 for 50, uh, uh, 50%. Uh, one 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 touchdown, one interception. That really isn't – I mean, when you look at the National Football League and you go, hey, your quarterback's going to throw for 50%, are you guys going to win? You're going to go, no, not really. Because 18 points in the National Football League – we actually talked about this last week. 18 points is a losing effort. Um, 20 points is a victory. You know, you expect to win. 18, 18 you expect to lose is a coin flip kind of deal. So let's not take anything away from the fourth quarter effort and what it means because I think there's a real value – for a team that's missing that many good veteran players. I mean, you start talking, I mean, Aaron Jones, Bakhtiari, Jair, uh, Jenkins, right? All, all Pro Bowl players. Some of those guys all pro. Christian Watson, hopefully there's some at some point. But you, you're missing those four kind of, these are our four dudes. Like if you were going to say, hey, who are your four dudes on your team? I would put Jair, Rashawn, Kenny, and Bach, right? And you go, who are your eight? I'd probably now I'm starting to add Jones, Jenkins, et cetera, right? So you're talking about 
some really big names on your team not being part of this game. And I know the Saints are missing guys too. It's just part of the National Football League, but that's a that's a who's who list, man. So within this game, the young guys, Jordan Love, figuring out how to put points on the board. Maybe Matt LaFleur figuring out how to get a little bit better with the play calling in certain situations with this new quarterback, new offensive system, first and second year players at the skill positions. Um, it's a good win. I do have some ugly. Touchdown a lot on special teams. It feels like I remember last year, Keyshawn uh, Nixon just came out of nowhere. It was just a dog, right? So like halfway through the season, we kind of go from you know, bottom five over to maybe I think we were 20th or maybe 18th or something like that because Keyshawn showed up and was doing such a great job. I don't know where we are right now, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like that is a game-changing performance in, for, for the Green Bay Packers. We struggle to run the ball again. And I know Aaron Jones is out, and we're going to show some things with AJ that are perplexing. Um but also, are we putting him in the best situations to win? Do we need to rotate those other guys in more? I mean, Jordan Love's leading the team, uh, nine rushes for th for 39 yards and a touchdown. The rest of the team only averages 3.3 yards per carry. And the New Orleans Saints are really, really good. But they didn't have to do anything exceptional. Like everything that we showed on the preview film is all they ran like yesterday. Like you watch our preview film from Thursday – and you turn on this game, you, nothing new. Nothing's going to surprise you. Slant the defensive end every once in a while, run a cross dog into, into a look every once in a while, go five-man line every once in a while, stay a nickel when they can, win your one-on-ones. It, it was all there, right? So having said that, knowing that the game plan, they spend a lot more time on this than I do, you would think – that we would be really well prepared against a physical downhill team to not run like our fullback across the formation and, and try to have him lead on somebody, or we'd understand how they're going to box in and, and, you know, try to spill, spill gap plays, et cetera, et cetera. It just doesn't feel like we've got that figured out at all yet. Um, part of that honestly was the, the team. We look like the 1990s Oakland Raiders or whatever they were Los Angeles Raiders, like 11 penalties for 90 yards. And a lot of those are holding calls. A lot of those are like, uh, well, I guess some of those are pre-snap, but a lot, I felt like a lot of those were drive killers in the sense that you have a good run, ball's coming back, right? You have a positive play. And any, AJ's got an eight-yard run, ball's coming back. It's like, do we need, like, you need those for your stats. You need those for momentum, all of this stuff. And we're just missing out on a lot of plays right now because I think we're making too many mistakes in the penalty game. It was egregious yesterday. God, it was bad. It was bad for both sides, but good Lord, it was bad for the Green Bay Packers. And then you see that maybe the the, the worst part of this is we don't know what the extent, but Devondre Campbell out with an injury. Um, I think uh, I think Zach Tom hurt his knee. So hopefully those guys are going to be good going forward, both you know, really mission critical. Although I freaking love Isaiah McDuffie, man. I love watching that dude play. He's such a physical player. Like, I actually thought that Quay picked up his ball hawking instinct more when Isaiah came in. I don't, I, I can't prove that. It's, it's completely anecdotal. I saw him trying to fight downhill through blocks, 
trying to shed blocks and going downhill, not over the top. I saw that a handful of times, and I just kept – he just kind of knows that Isaiah's in when I'm watching the tape. I'm sure there's no correlation there. I just made that up, but it felt that way. Um, you know, at one point we have to be – you know, you have to look at reality. You're down 17 nothing. Jordan loves 6 for 14 for 63 yards in this game, not playing well. But bottom line, 17-point comeback is the largest in, in Green Bay Packers history. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. So let's – without further ado – Let's go check out this film. We'll go sequentially here. So first play, we talked about find the fish. Literally first play of the game for the Saints. We got 74. 74 and 70 on that left side. Missing the second level. Giving it up on the tackle. And then we can't see the whole film here, but we see the grave digger. I know it was out last year. I didn't give it respect. Gilbert's Gravedigger uh, celebration coming out. TJ Slayton, love you. Love what you're doing. Kenny Clark coming in, and Kenny, nobody knows what Kenny's saying right here. They give him, they give him a little thing. Listen, I'm from the area, so I know he's saying San Bernardino for life. Okay, San Bernardino for life, right there. That's San Bernardino County. I don't, we don't have any hand signals or anything. I'm just telling you, if you're from San Bernardino County, you know what it's about, Kenny. Kenny was the man yesterday, absolutely dominant performance against some guys that, especially when Cesar uh, Ruiz went out, quite frankly, like that's what you expect from your, your, your all pro caliber uh, defensive tackle played at a high, high level. I love what they did here. Very simple, right? You just walk up the linebacker over 74. So now you go three to a three to the right side. That center is going, man, are they going to run the TT? Is he going to penetrate? So he's so worried about getting over into the a gap to stop that penetration, which is actually really stupid because Cesar Ruiz is going to give hand help here and he's going to give hand help on slide. And then, you know, Ryan Ramchak is going to give hand help on slide because Rashawn Gary's so far out. So what they do is, you know, the center, it is really, really kind of bad footwork getting over here too fast. So he leans, you see his, his shoulder pads are, are well, well over his knees and feet, feet are not underneath himself. Kenny just beats him easily across his face. And we saw this, Last week, we talked about it on the, on the preview show. These guys get beat across their face a lot. You go gap to gap. You know, we were talking more about 74, but, you know, same thing with the center here. You go gap to gap, you get beat easily. That's a bad look. Early on in this game, getting in David Carr's face. I think as you watch this tape, what you find out is something we talked about. When you get in his face, right, good things happen. He feels the pressure. He can step up. He raises. He rises up in the pocket really well. But if you give him nowhere to go, that's when the ball starts going high. That's when he starts taking sacks and hits. Great job. Talk about penalties. First play for the Packers. Now, I'm just – John Runyon Jr., like, you can see it here. Your angle is wrong. Like, you need to be going down. They've actually created a new line of scrimmage on the left side. They've done a great job. Why are you running towards the sideline? You should be running downhill, and you should know – that Carl Granderson's going to spill this play like he does. So that should be your angle. And because you're not ready for it, you're surprised. I'm not sure you end up lassoing this guy down. They get the holding call. So what starts is a good run for AJ. This is what I'm talking about. The guy needs confidence. And what are we doing? We're getting a 10-yard penalty when he's got a six-yard run. We got a false start on the other side. Royce just thought it'd be nice for the guards to start out with penalties. You know, Marco and I used to do that a lot. Of, if if I ever got a penalty, I'd always ask Marco in the huddle, "Do you mean jump, jumping off sides real quick?" Because I don't want to be the only one. 
under center play action. We talked about it before. The reason that the under center play action works is one, it's an easier read for Jordan Love. Two, it allows the receivers to get a little deeper, deeper in their routes. That's super critical because when you run deeper routes, linebackers, everybody's got to get deeper, and you have the under you have the uh, underneath stuff open. These are winnable plays. Now, I, one thing I want to point out here: uh, you see Musgrave slide or slip. There's a lot of slipping yesterday, man. There is a lot of slipping, not just by him, by everybody. Jordan Love, great job escaping the pocket. So we got a third down. I want to show this. Zach Tom going against – Zach Tom had a really good game yesterday against one of my favorite players. But uh, you see his foot gives out, he slips, he's, he's hit the knee. So we got two players in three snaps have slipped. So now we got fourth and inches. And I, I swear to God, I thought Jordan Love busted his knee right here, you know. And people, so you got to set you. Well, first of all, yeah. I mean, look at the running back, like, bro. That is, where, where are your feet? Say, be a pro. Yeah. You know, even if you run the play, you got to look like you know what you're doing. You right? You don't run the other way and just. You might as well jump turn and try to throw the ball in the air like you're in the backyard. Set your feet. Give it a good pass. Give him a chance. Now this right here, though. Oh, good lord. Could have lost the quarterback for the year right there. Now, people have asked me, what is going on with the turf? Is it the cleats? Is it that the sand is the, the underneath uh, uh, foundation, the sand that they put underneath is too close to the surface? It's probably both. The fact is they haven't played here. These guys are really brand aware. So some I, I'm not going to speak for all the players, but a lot of players have cleats that they put stuff on and, you know, they put their names or like where they're from, San Bernardino County, hopefully, KC. But uh, – they don't want to get off those cleats. And so I remember back in the day, Gordon Red would, uh, Mr. Batty would, would, would say, Hey, you guys need to put three studs in. You got to need to put the, the inch spikes in. You got to wear the, you know, those cleats this, today. You got to change your shoes. I, we've seen this. We saw this in the Super Bowl. We've seen this before where some of these guys don't want to do a change and they, and they have this problem. I personally think the Packers guys are probably, because of the grass they play on, they're probably smart enough to figure that out already, and they probably respect the situation in the surface area. So this turf just looks like it was a huge fail to me. Anyways, we're lucky not to lose a quarterback on the first series. I want to show you the Preston Smith effect, and some of this is a little choppy, guys. The only reason it's choppy is, quite frankly, I had to use the TV copy this time, and it just kind of went in halfway. Quay Walker was open a lot yesterday like they weren't even blocking him and sometimes it's like man is he that good to the ball or is he that like shifty the answer is yeah probably a little bit but these guys are supposed to be double teaming Preston literally the opposite direction okay and these tight ends are so overwhelmed they had to double stay on him and now Quay's wide open to make the play that's the Preston this is the stuff that Preston does that nobody gets right his stats aren't great he is a dog in the run game he's good in the pass game he's okay in the pass game sometimes he's you know he's more of a pressure equals picks guy but man he is a dog in the run game and he can really he gets this done on such a consistent basis for the last three seasons been a real help for us quay gets in here and just gets in on the tackle i think eddie Bari has another one here coming up so preston again 
resetting the line of scrimmage. He's playing behind the line of scrimmage. He's resetting that hole. Okay, he's collapsed it down. Now he's playing a box technique, but he's going near shoulder, near foot strike. This running back in the backfield has to stop his feet. You see him squared up. It has to change direction. It is a it's a huge problem. And it just is very simply because instead of being content to play outside shoulder up, settle down, stay on the line of scrimmage, he actively takes a, a path into the backfield, goes same foot, same shoulder, sticks this guard, huge play. It this stuff doesn't seem like a big deal, but he just does such a good job. And Ibari gets in there with another play, beating the tight end. So you just see, look, Jamal Williams might go in IR. They don't have Kamara. You know, the, the running back is Tony Jones Jr., who we've never heard of until last week, right? They have uh, Kendra Miller, I think, came back. They don't have guys. Kendra Miller's a good player, but they don't have guys. But still got an offensive line. I mean, they still have weapons. Like it's, we've already seen this league. The reason they don't play running, they don't pay running backs, is because you should be able to. Everybody thinks you should be able to get, you know, four, four and a half yards with with a with a no name. So the Packers, yeah, it's not Bijan Robinson, but there's only probably four or five Bijan Robinsons in the league now. So if you're not playing one, well, you got to take advantage. This is why we like the under center play action pass. I think that this will continue to be the staple of the Green Bay Packers. Now, Aaron Jones needs to get back so we can run the ball better out of under center. Or, you know, I, I could I could have stopped that after better. But this is why we like the under center stuff because it sucks in the linebackers. And Demario Davis is, you know, he's hot and cold this this week because he's he's so good at reading this stuff. So I think a couple times when the centers um when the center is not covered, he reads through the center and doesn't and doesn't bite. But he bites here, and it just gives you opportunities. Now he Demario decides to come and chase Jordan Love, leaving the flat open. First down for Dobbs. Just easy plays. Now this is another works on paper. Okay, why am I saying works on paper? Cam Jordan's their best player. I love it. Luke Musgrave is not our best. Like, we pay the right tackle to block. I don't think if you started listing, like, uh, if you asked Luke's mom, and I don't know Luke's mom, but if you asked Luke, you asked Luke's mom and dad, uh, you asked, you know, the, every fan in Green Bay, hey, what do you pay Luke Musgrave for? I don't know where on the, on the list would be, like, block Cam Jordan one-on-one -on -one would be, but I don't think it would be very high. So this is like you draw this up, and it's like, ah, we'll close it down and out. You see the body position that Luke's in. He's like he's already on his heels because he's going, dude. Cam Jordan's going to kill me, okay? So he didn't close the space, so now he's going to give Cam a little room to wiggle, and it's like inside move. I mean, he might as well not even be there. He's playing two hand touch. Jordan does a good job of escaping, and this some some of the athletic uh, athletic maneuvers that Jordan Love makes is you know we haven't seen that in a while. Not because Aaron didn't couldn't, because he probably didn't have to for you know a number of different reasons. Just the way he plays ball. But it's been a to a uh, it's been a real benefit, I think, for this team over the first couple of weeks. Yeah, that play only works on paper, man. Yeah, it's one that's one of those plays where like if Cam gets sucked down into the tackle, gets a hand on him, and then he literally has nowhere to go. The team that you know, the the OC is going like 
Man, let's run that two or three more times. And Musgrave's over there going like, please do not run that play again because he knows it's just a matter of time until he gets beat. Lucky he didn't give up a sack there. So what everybody's talking about, he just overthrew him. Like, let's not read too much into this, guys. I like that they're running these plays. You know, we're, we're, sometimes we forget about what's really important. What's important is we got a tight end that can stretch the defense. Okay, now, the way that they run these routes, I think it's weird that we have an in-breaking route coming from, I think that's from Dobbs over at the 45, 46-yard line there. I think it's weird that they're not pulling that safety way. They give uh, Musgrave some more opportunity because there's obviously a pocket open uh, in the far right, in the upper right corner here. And if you're running a, a uh, cover two look, but is what it is. Overthrew him a little bit. That play will be made at some point during the season. Love this play. Now they pulled this play from watching other teams in prior weeks. You bring everybody up. So you got your two, you got 20 and you got Demario Davis Werner and Demario Davis up on the line of scrimmage. All right. So they're one of them's going to drop. One of them's not. Now they've probably figured out by watching tape that the one that's going to drop is going to be the one that's near the running back. Okay. So in other words, Werner now, because Demario Davis has shown that he's he's gonna dog right now in this situation because it's a third and ten. They want the ball out of Jordan Love's hands. And Werner's got a drop. And they might be in man coverage. I don't I don't think they are in man coverage on that side of the field right now. But Werner's got a drop. So now to in order to make this play. All they do is they put A.J. Dillon in motion, flip him the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and they just run a tunnel screen. But Werner can't get over there. Really, really great play. This is a great ID. Great play down. So they're basically saying, all right, we know Werner's probably on A.J., and he's probably not coming. Okay? Because if DeMario Davis drops right here, the play is over. So great ID. Good run by A.J., I'm rooting for AJ, man. I'm rooting for AJ. Got another good run. Now, we talked about this last week. This is one of the kind of basic things they do to stop you in the run game. They run cross dogs. So in this in this situation, I think they bring Demario Davis first and bring Pete Werner across uh, around chasing him. We have to have a we have to do a better job from Packers standpoint. If you want to be a good run team, these are the plays that actually turn into huge plays. But in order that you have to make a call. So like in this situation, if you're going to pull a guard right now and you're going to pull up through, and you see that guy's coming on the line of scrimmage, the right tackle Zach Tom needs to make a down call. And what we'll do is we'll end up blocking the linebacker with the right tackle and the guard's going to come and kick out the defensive end. Okay. And because, because of all this stuff happening with the cross dog, obviously that means that the place on defensive tackle is going to try to cross face and everyone's going to kind of away from where the ball's going right now. So this kind of turns into a, a bring it call where the, the right guard, the center, everybody's going to bring it. Cause we need to rise up to the second linebacker. To the truth is this is a very, very, difficult thing to block it just could be improved because we never want that linebacker penetration before the running back even has the ball the linebackers in the backfield so these aren't like i guess i show some of these to say well whose fault is it like it's everybody's fault right you need to have an adjustment for this right maybe the quarterback does have an adjustment and didn't make it maybe the line does have an adjustment and didn't make it you need to be coached up on how to block this properly 
the running back, there's nothing he can do in this situation. I don't know that the, the line, there's anything they can do. It, sometimes, sometimes they just got you. And sometimes you have things you can check out and you didn't. I don't know which one it is. Game-changing play here, okay? Oh, this isn't the one. I'm talking that <laughs> this is a game-changer. This guy is unbelievable. Now, watch this pass rush. So they're going to chip him, okay? They want to chip. So he figures it out right now. I'm going to get chipped, okay, by by the fullback. So instead, I've already got Ramchuk to turn. Now, Ramchuk's a good tackle, but he's turned early. His feet are – you don't see his feet have a good base right now. One's in the air. So he's just going to bull back into the pocket. And when I say back, I want you to picture the quarterback is back here, and he's going to push him this way. Because now when you push Ramchuk this way, you have free release up to sack Derek Carr. This is one of the – most basic yet effective pass rushes that you can have. He does it by proxy because he falls into this because of the, the fullback. But you see this a lot in the National Football League by good rushers now. Instead of trying to get edges, instead of trying to do all this other stuff, push them back so you end up basically rising into the face of the quarterback. Great job here by Rashawn Gary. Pushes him out. So now he's in that eye span. Great play. So they brought this, you know, I'm sure everybody has these plays, but this looks very familiar to the Miami Dolphins. Speed motion out. We're going to pick on Honey Badger here. If Honey Badger stays with the inside route, we just throw it quickly to Musgrave. He can go upfield here or he can they can run like this Texas uh, route with this angle. Those are easy pitch and catches. I think Tua... I think they were looking at two of stats and he gets the ball out like less than, you know, one and a half seconds when they throw this ball. So it's an easy completion. It's an easy read, right? And if you have guys like Musgrave, you have guys like Dobbs that can run this Jalen Reed, you have little speedsters out there. Now that you know, there's obviously plays that you can run off of it, right? Whether it's a read option run, whether, whether it's you, you start, um, you start changing this from an angle to a, to a go. There's a lot of things you can do with this route. So, I'm sure we'll see more of that. We see more of it across the National Football League. Cindeguara in motion. That's a great play by – I mean, Jordan Love is dead to rights here. So do we need to do a better job of IDing this cat? So this is a cat route, okay? Cat well, – sorry, not a route. This is a cat meaning the corner's coming. Bring him off the slot. Great job being elusive here. This is some of the stuff where, you know, you look at this and you go, oh, that's a great play. Aaron Rodgers might have just thrown the ball there. In other words, he might have seen that coming and might have thrown the ball. That's part of the growing maturation process of having a young quarterback. This is what ruins yards per carry. I hate to call it Rashid Walker because I think he's doing a pretty good job here and filling out for Bakhtiari. But he doesn't even block Carl Grandison here. We talked about this last week. They will line up and they will just slant the defensive end in, play the linebacker over the top. And you got to block one of them. We don't even block Granderson, okay? And then we end up getting a holding call. Right here, well, Mike, it was a good play. Well, first of all, it's not a good play, right? The running back made something out of it. But Jalen Reed, or is it Samari Torrey out here, gets a holding call because they're blocking. I think it's Jalen Reed. Yeah, it's Jalen Reed gets a holding call because they're not blocking for him to bounce outside. 
And so it's like another run, another first down run, you get 10 plus yards, or you get, what, you get eight yards there. And now we got a holding, you got to bring it back. And it's just because it's an assignment issue. But again, we've already, sh we've shown, what, 15 yards that we missed in two, two carries that go backwards for 10 yards each. So a little simple thing on routes. See the arrow. You got to come back on this route now, and you got to drive, push away, and run. Now the ball's out already, and the ball's high. This is where Jordan's going to get a little bit better as far as placement, and also our, our receivers got to get a little bit better as far as when you make your three-point turn there, man, you got to get out. Your three-step turn, you got to get out and explode away from that defender, okay? Ball's a little bit high for him, so it's difficult. But, man, we really got to – you got to keep that cushion out of the turn, right? Cornerback turns faster than you there. Under center play action. Jordan Love does a great job. Does a good job when he rolls to his left and making throws, by the way. Another one of his uh, his skill traits. Got the flip. Love to see. Okay. Keyshawn uh, uh, Nixon's in and Chandler is in her uh, Amon Green, right? And what do I mean by that? I mean, right here, he's thinking about going out of bounds. Nope. No out of bounds for me, bud. Taking the hit every time. You have to wonder, and this is a pre-snap read by Jordan Love. You see down here, 23, bottom of the screen. He's got outside leverage. He's boxing inside, okay? But he's so far off that you can run a speed out and beat his leverage immediately. It's just a very – I wonder if they saw that on tape. Like, in other words, in other words, if Jordan Love sees that, you go, okay, you're 10 yards off, you're boxed in, but you don't have enough leverage to beat a speed out, and now you have to turn your body all the way around to make that play. Great route concept. Simple. Got to win your one-on-ones. Talked about it. Just got to win your one-on-ones. This is what's difficult when you're when you're uh, AJ. You're getting the ball. And you just you, you look at this. Just who's going to win their one-on-one -on -one matchup? Right? I mean... It's it's just a it's just a damn rugby scrum in there. You got beat inside by Rasheed Walker. They're resetting the line of scrimmage. And then this is one thing as you get, you know, more experience, Jordan Love's gonna see this more off. He's gonna see the cat. He's gonna see he's gonna be ready for it. They're gonna have a call for it, be able to get rid of the ball. You don't see as many corner cats uh, as you used to, certainly. And you don't you know, like see multiple ones during the game is, is actually out of the ordinary. But maybe this is something the Saints do. This is – they had this picked up. And this is with AJ. You start going like, AJ, man, are, are we are we fully engaged? Are we fully present? The Lion has the five uh, rushers that you see on the screen right now, including Demario Davis. Okay. I don't know what AJ is doing right here, and I don't think he does either. Because he's missing the most obvious person to pick up. He's inserting himself in the A-gap for guys that they're going to pass off. Gets knocked on his backside. And, the, and number one's coming free. So when you talk about, is he, you know, how's he playing this or that? I'm more, if I'm 
a teammate, I'm more pissed off about this than any of the running stuff you'll see. Okay, so I said you got to find the fish last week. 74 was the fish. <laughs> and you locked up my man Quay here, and uh, he splashed him. <laughs> Just put him right on the back. I mean, listen, a big guy it meets a little guy, but that's how we got to teach Quay, right? You got to teach him how to take on blocks a little bit better. We don't want to see that, though. This is expectations. Now, I know this is Jimmy Graham, who's one of the softest uh, tight ends. I know Packers fans have watched this ad nauseum. One of the softest tight ends in the league, or whatever we call tight ends now. Not a good inline blocker, okay? This is what you expect from uh, Van Ness, though. Totally reset the line of scrimmage. I mean, he's four yards in the backfield, right? Sheds this block, makes the play. That's big time. And that's what the expectation should be every week. Now, Kyle Pitts last week got him a little bit. I locked him up two plays in a row. Not having it with Jimmy Graham. Jimmy's not going to try to block you anyways. But good to see Van Ness out there showing up, showing out. Chris Olave, I know that picture's bad, man. Chris is a really good player. Really good player. We'll leave it at that. Rasul Douglas, look at this way he fills and blows up this play. Just the play speed, man. Play speed and awareness. Really gets out there before the the uh, the the guard can recognize that he's be he's he's uh he's pressed up uh, from the wide receiver. We talked about this. Derek Carr had one play earlier in the game where he steps up, makes a play to the sideline, and you're going like, oh, he's seeing the rush. He's he's rising in the pocket. And he's making plays now. We mean pressure up the middle, okay? So he starts seeing that, got nowhere to go, what happens. Really, we call this a canon event in the game, right? Meaning that nothing's going to be the same after, okay? From the Spider-Man, Spider-Verse movie, okay? Canon event. Rashawn Gary gets to him, throws him on the ground. He's done. Why? Really, because our linebackers do such a good job. They're in his face right now. He's got dudes. He's got places to throw. He's got two places to throw that we can see right here. Okay. He can lead the tight end. He can lead the he can lead the, the the dig in behind it. Doesn't do either. He sees the rush. And because of it, we get a I mean a violent sack. Now listen, this is a good lesson. If you have a guy who's not that big as a at a quarterback, like you're not doing that to Dante Culpepper, but a guy whose legs aren't that big. I know Derek Carr's looking pretty swole, but he's not like 270 swole. This jump, grab, spin, turn, flip, judo move that uh, that uh, Rashawn Gary just did, that'll knock a quarterback out of the game pretty fast, and it's legal. Pretty nuts. Great, great design. Great job running the cross dog by the linebackers. Great call by the defense coordinator. Okay, is this AJ's fault? The play is supposed to go back to the right. And Rasheed Walker gets beat inside. Now, could AJ bounce this immediately? The answer is yes, but he's, you know, it's like you get the ball and you have your read. So for a running back, the read is usually the first D tackle around the center to the next D tackle out to the defensive end. He's not thinking that Carl Granderson's going to beat Rasheed Walker underneath in the backside B gap and have a problem. Now, 
should he be thinking that? I don't know. Maybe they run it all the time. Or should they be having this play in where they give him the ball to the left and expect him to come underneath on the right? Probably not given what the Saints are good at, but they did make this call. And you want to see him like pulling Aaron Jones right now and just hop to his left and go downhill. But I don't know that that's what AJ is exactly. So Granderson ends up making a really good play here. We look at the next one, and this one there's just no excuse for, right? Like, there's a huge hole between the center and the right guard here. They have double teams. They've walled off at the linebacker position, and he's just not making the play. And this is where you start going, all right, AJ, like, are you overthinking this stuff, man? Like, just get downhill. Like, you shouldn't be cutting in the backfield at all. If AJ Dillon has to cut in the backfield, we've made a mistake in play calling, or he's made a mistake in execution. That's it. Ends up getting nothing where there's actually a big play to be had there. Great ball. I just love when you see him doing these deep out routes. I mean, it just shows you Love's got some arm strength that's thrown to his left. Uh, wanted to give credit where credit's due. We keep talking about the young man, Luke Musgrave, getting better in line. Watch this. Carl Grandison. Just a good job blocking. Not going to last forever. That's play-action pass on the backside of the, of the quarterback. Not an easy block. Punches and separates, uses his feet, plays basketball. Does a good job. I mean, there's a number of plays this game, and maybe they're because they're running two-man routes or whatnot, but Jordan Love's got all day to throw in a lot of these plays, and he ends up having to scramble. Now, you can see he's double-covered over here. Nobody's open on the top of the screen. So there's a lot of stuff going on here, but... Good job by Luke Musgrave, and just generally good job by the offensive line, I think, in pass protection more often than not, which I think has always been their strong suit. Under center here, got the play-action look again. And look, Jordan just taking checkdowns. We talked about it. Yeah, Sometimes you got to take what the defense gives you. Great job. Hot route. Play the one of the plays of the game. Hot route here. He's waiting for the ball. What do I mean by hot route? Slot's coming. Slots coming. Okay, so he see one's uh, Dobsey's uh, number one coming. He's like, throw me the ball right now. This is what I'm – you're supposed to th throw me the ball. Okay? Nobody else notices it. He notices it because it's his guy. Great job and awareness by Romeo Dobbs here. And then doesn't get it. Okay, out. Definitely going to get a, a holding or a, a pass interference call at the 40. Then ends, ends up making this great snag. Okay, we don't get anything out of this play. That's big time, though, man. That's just box office play by, by uh, Romeo Dobbs. The awareness, right? And again, like Jordan needs to see that. Ends up being an even bigger play because he doesn't see it. But when you talk about procedure, you want to be able to see that stuff. We talked about in nickel, the Saints will go into five across the board. They put DeMario uh, Davis up at the at the top of my little, my little oval here, and they put five on the line of scrimmage so they can win their 1v1 matchups, okay? In this situation... Someone's got to win. No one's winning. And so he rolls forward for four, okay? And he's earning all four of those yards. Okay, now this is a new segment called, Hey, look, Mom, I'm getting into the game. Now, I, I'm not trying to make fun of this guy, but this is, this is silly. This is uh, Landon Young. 
Landon Young is going to be the sixth offensive lineman for the Saints in this play. So it's like our U Bacon package, U71 package, U63 package, whatever we call it. I call it U Bacon. Hey, uh, Mom, make sure you watch the game this week. I'm going to get in. I know I'm going to get in for sure. I might not start or anything, but they've got a package. I'm going to be in the game. Oh, cool. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm just going to sit back in a two-point and block their best pass rusher. Oh, okay. Well, good luck, honey. Right? It's like, what are we doing? He plays two-hand touch on Sean Gary here, man. Almost gets almost gets Jameis Winston killed. I mean, come on, man. Three sacks. This guy's got three sacks on the day, and you're going, ah, you're going to do what now? Look at this. You got Ryan Ranch. Ryan Ramchick is a three-time All-Pro. Okay, number 71. Signed a five-year, $96 million, you know, extension. This You pay this guy because he's a bad dude that can block guys like Rashawn Gary. This dude out here is a six-round pick from 2021. He might be a really good player. I don't know. But I do know that he's not used to playing hipped off tight end in a two-point stance like that. And you're asking the guy to play against Rashawn Gary, who's our best pass rusher, one of the best in the league. This dude's playing two-hand touch right now. I mean, this is – I don't even – it's not like it's a bad effort. It's because, like, look, we've all had bad plays. But this is nuts, man. You got an all pro right there. Watch 67 here. He, I mean, if I'm watching film, I, I, you know, bro, you ain't got any more than that. I mean, you barely touched him. You two hand touch. Uh, I mean, he, between that and Penning tried to sumo splash a D end over there. They're lucky Jameis Winston knees intact. I mean, look at this. If you look at this play right here, it looks pretty daunting. We go back. Look at Zach Tom. And he, I, I just think I, I have so much respect for um, Cameron Jordan. Cam Jordan. I, I have so much respect for him that Zach, he did, tries to spin on Zach. Zach keeps his balance, keeps him off his body, pushes him in the middle. They fall down. It's just. On a big play, you need your guys. Like Zach Thomas, just he's gonna be one of those dudes, man. He's just a good player. Now, Jordan Love one on one with Demario Davis, who's been a dog in this league for years, but he takes a bad pursuit angle. Jordan makes a great cut on a fourth down play. Got to have it. It's a big time play. This is a big time play that people don't talk about. Both tackles get beat, and on the top side, I shouldn't say both tackles get beat. Rashid Walker, they're running the TE, and Rashid Walker lunges and, and puts Royce in a position where he thinks he's passing him off, but one way or another, the D tackles got free run. And then Zach does get beat by Cam Jordan here. Big time paid by Jordan Love. Now, watch up at the top of the screen. Little things, man. This is a big deal. That's 5, 10, 15 extra yards on the gotta-have-it drive. Big time play. And then we just go pre-snap read here for Jordan Love in the last play of the game. They got a single safety look. They got the, the, the other safety down in the box, meaning that you know you have one-on-one -on -one with 87. Okay. It's third and three. You got trips left. They're going to zone, they're showing that they're going to zone it off up top. Demario Davis is going to look out to the slot, but they're going to play the, the safety over, over the top and probably bracket someone. Okay, but they've left Romeo Dobbs, who at this point you have to say is probably our best receiver based on based on history and today, because Christian Watson's not here. 
So they leave him one-on-one on a guy who's been making plays all day. I think that's Taylor. And, no, that's not Taylor. But either way, he ends up making a great snag for the game winner, man. Fantastic, fantastic way to end the game. It's big-time plays by Jordan Love on, in, in that fourth quarter, really the last two series and some of the sequence of some of that stuff. The things that you don't think about, there's the splash plays and there's like, escape the sack, right? Demario Davis takes the wrong, you know, makes makes a big play, gets a you know all pro caliber linebacker, just big big time stuff. So, I had a couple observations, things that I think I got right from last week. Uh, the Packers were most effective when they pressured Carr inside out. Um, when he can't climb, he can't compete or, or complete passes. Um, we did make them one dimensional. You know, the turning point in that game was definitely when Carr went down. Now, listen, Kamara and Williams being out is a big deal. But Cesar Ruiz going out was a big deal. But, you know, you play against the opponent that's on the field and you can't really do anything about that. They had to shuffle their line fair enough. Um, the Packers were effective on that under center play action pass. We talked about that last week because how these guys get triggered really fast. We uh, The under center stuff did grab linebackers, made the decisions easier for him. We saw that on tape. He does a good job of taking what's given to him. He did go deep a lot in this game. That's why his completion percentage is so low. But as the game wore on, you see him taking the checkdowns. You see him taking the easy passes uh, and be, becoming much, much more effective through over for over 250 yards this week for the first time. We were the more physical team. I think this is maybe the most important point. And I know we're missing guys. This felt like a second string game at some positions for sure. But in a physical game against the Saints physical defense, I felt like our – I'm not saying our offense matched, you know, their defense. I don't think it – I think eight points is the way, okay? Our going out – there's a lot of things that have to happen in order to win games like this. But I think our – from a defensive standpoint, giving up 10 points, dominating the line of scrimmage, playing a physical brand of football, guys like Rasul Douglas showing up, guys like Quay Walker showing up, guys like Rashawn Garrett going, hey, remember me? Before last season's injury – I was in the running to be defensive player of the year. I wasn't defensive player there. I was in the running and I'm back and I'm healthy and I look really, really good. Okay. Saints offense mustered 10 points. 10 points on offense is a winning game. If your defense averages 10 points a game, they're the best defense that ever walked the earth. Okay. So that's what I got right. What did I get wrong? Well, I thought. Well, I didn't say that we were going to establish the run. I said if we establish the run, it would help the understand our play action pass. Now, AJ Dillon was 11 for 33 for three yards per carry. It's it's terrible. And when you look at the tape, it looks it looks bad that he made some bad reads. It looks bad that we made some bad blocks. It looks terrible that he had some good runs that got called back because of penalties. So there's just Things all over the board that just don't feel right with our run game. From a physical standpoint, I think you need to find your identity there. I don't think we're there yet. I think the undercenter play action off of that stuff still does help because they are going to try to establish a run. That's the kind of team they have to be right now. But we got to find some way to you know be more effective at running the football if it's not Jordan Love. Jordan Love can't lead the team in rushing every every week. I mean, 39 yards rushing leading the team, you're going like, you should not win any games. So I don't like that. I don't like they're running still a lot of horizontal running. I don't like that we're man blocking in situations where I think their inside guys are better than our inside guys in the run game. I think we're better in the pass game. I think they're better in the run game. So I think there's a lot of stuff there that we need to be better with, certainly. 
Um, I don't know that I, I, when I when I went back and looked at kind of what we talked about on Thursday, the game plan was pretty clear, and I think they, they I, I think it was pretty clear to the, the Packers as well. I don't think there's any other real surprises in this game. I, you know, you don't know how many times they're going to go deep. You don't know, you know, what the what the thought process is behind that. Certainly, um, we're not getting a lot of passing interference. I think we got one. We're not getting a lot of pass interference calls uh, with some of those balls. I don't know if we deserve them or not, but you see in this in this day and age, a lot there's a lot of flags that are getting thrown. And certainly, we got our share of ours, 11 penalties for 90 yards, but we didn't get a ton. Um, so let's just go on to this. Areas of opportunity. Offense. Running game has to improve. I think our game jam was sabotaged by penalties, number one. Number two, we have to continue to track the ball carrier against the Jamar Gibbs and the a better opponent this week. The Lions are better. Their offensive line is much better. Their running backs, at, you know, Kamar and Jamal Williams out. Jamar Gibbs and company are going to be better. There, this is going to be a better offense all the way around, but I think offensive line-wise and then the running back situation they have up there, this is going to be a real test. We have to feel like we can be the more physical team and disciplined team against this opponent just like we were against the Saints. Because, we, number three, we can't hope that we hold the Lions to 10 points on defense. This offensive team has to find their footing earlier in the game. We have to figure out a way to get scores, not gimmicks, not throwbacks. Although the throwback's not a bad deal, but you can't rely on the throwback, right, to get your points. We need to find a way to consistently move the ball earlier in the game, right, and then be able to sustain it. You Usually it's like you should be winning with your initial game plan, and then you have to go make adjustments, in-game adjustments, whether it's at halftime, second quarter, third quarter, whatever. But you got to feel like you're going to win with your initial game plan. Like we thought – what we thought was going to happen happened like we thought it was, and we're better at it than, than they are. So we got to get to that point on offense. I don't know if we're there just yet. I got a handful of listener questions I want to get to for you guys. Number one, should the Packers trade for a vet receiver? I'm going to do a little bit of this rapid fire. My short answer is no. I like the group that we have. They're only going to get better as they get uh, as they get uh, Christian Watson back and they get older. You don't bring a vet guy in to steal reps from these kids because they're playing at a high level. That's the easiest way to say it. Yeah. Did Reed drop a couple of balls yesterday? Yeah, he did. Okay. They're playing at a high level. Leave him alone. Let him, let him mold. If you're the offensive coordinator, what do you do about AJ Dillon? Do you split carries with Wilson and Taylor? I think you have to at least look at, is he capable of running the offense that you want to run? Are you willing to change? If you're not willing to change, split carries. I think you have to do things that are very black and white with him right now. Don't run him horizontally. Make the read super, super clear. Give them double teams to run behind. If you're not willing to do that stuff, like it, it doesn't fit where our offense is, yeah, split carries. I think you have to. Are we lucky or good? Can you – well, here's the other question. Are, are we lucky or good right now? Yes, right? You missed the field goal. If, you, if we're one and two because he makes that field goal, you feel terrible, all right? 50% completion percentage by Jordan Love isn't going to win games in the National Football League. It's not sustainable, especially when you don't have a running game, okay? especially. But you see like the way – Six for 14 at one point. He ends up, I think, 22 for 44. Certainly in the fourth quarter, he's a lot better than he was the rest of the game. That's not a sustainable way to win, but we're learning. We're learning. It's it's always good to win and learn. You can win and learn. You can lose and learn. You're always going to learn. It's a lot better to win and learn. Okay? It's not lose or learn. I hate that. Or excuse me. It's not win or learn. Like, it's win and learn or lose and learn. You always learn. Okay? So try to take something from this. 
Who's the best fill-in player? I, I mean, I suppose I got to say Rasheed Walker, you know, just because he's playing one of the most difficult positions in football. And I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, I thought I'm, Isaiah McDuffie did a pretty good job as well, filling in for Devonio Campbell, but I always think that I might be biased. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think Rasheed Walker would be the, the short, easy answer. He's not playing perfect, but that's a very, very difficult position to play. And he's playing it at, at, at a good level. Uh, Zach Tom, we already talked about him. He, look, he's not perfect. Cam Jordan beat him a couple times, right? He gets beat, but he played. He's playing well. Like you can't be happier with a fourth or fifth round pick, whatever he was, given that was last season and what he looks like today and how good his hands are and his feet are today. If he just continues to improve his body positioning and footwork, he's you know he's going to be a really good player in this league, right? Consistency matters at the right tackle position. And we already talked about this a little bit. Is there value winning uh, in winning like this for a young team? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think the more that – the more games you, you you pack under your belt where you had to face some adversity, real adversity, I think the more you learn about yourself and you just – you can pull that – you can pull from your wet reservoir uh, later in the year, okay? Um, is Rasheed Walker a legit starter for the rest of the season? I'm hitting this rapid fire. Uh, if he has to be, yes. Um we talked about the running game, uh, snarky fella. Thanks for thanks for asking. Biggest issue, yeah, running game, running game, <laughs> running game, running game, running game, running game. Uh, are there any significant changes to Rashawn Gary's game from pre to post injury? I'll tell you what, I haven't seen him run upfield as much. The one knock that I had on him was he wasted too many snaps running upfield. Maybe I missed him yesterday because he's not getting as many reps. He seems to be going through the tackle when he gets to the level. When he gets to the level of the quarterback or just, just beneath, he seems to be going through so he's not five yards upfield like we talked about last week. That was a last week problem. To this week, it didn't look like that. I'm, I thought that was more Enigbari than anybody else last week and, and maybe Hollins. Not as much um, not as much for Sean Gary. So I think he's taking a more direct and deliberate path to the quarterback. I think he's only an improvement in his pass for skills. Um, what was your grade for Royce? I don't have a grade. I don't grade Royce, but, but you know, you don't, you're not saying his name a lot. Um, he got beat in the run game a couple times. He's not the most physical player, but he's playing at a, at a pretty good level. Um, so that's, that's as, as, as simple as I can make it when you talk about the, the offensive line right now, I talk about process. I don't give out grades. I talk about your footwork. I talk about your body position. We can kind of figure out what happened in certain situations because of that. When you put young guys in there and they start running games, like you see when Jordan Love at the end of the game, they ran the they ran the T E and he passed off the T, hit the E. There's nobody on the T because Rashad Walker was Rashid Walker was too was too flat on the set. Like those things kind of happen because of lack of chemistry, lack of awareness, etc. Um, but that's not like that doesn't define whether you had a good game or not. Even if you would have got a sack in that play, if like if the if the D tackle gets a sack, that doesn't mean you had a good or bad game. That's not how you think about things. I mean, that's just you can't live in your existence like that. If that makes sense. So, um, I did want to talk about one more thing. The Bears lost forty one. There's the disparity in in so there, for a league that wants parity, and there was some obviously Dallas lose yesterday, so that's a big deal. But to the Cardinals, but seventy to twenty. When the Broncos, uh, Dolphins, way to go! I I love that I love that Mike McDaniel blew it up to seventy to twenty and then didn't go for the seventy three. I love that. Um, we talked about it last week. Sean Payton, he just feel like it just feels like he's stuck in like thirty years ago with like Bill Parcells and he can't relate to his team. The way he talks about him is everything's a drag. I don't. I'm not a Russell. I'm like the biggest non Russell Wilson fan on the planet, but I'm beginning to like kind of feel for him. 
because the way that he's spoken about and all this, you know, the, with the shot, like it's not in house. He like he, he uses his platform as a, as a way to to talk about the team. I just don't know if that that vibe works anymore in the National Football League. It certainly is not working for him or the Denver Broncos right now. But the Bears lose forty one to ten yesterday, and I just thought this is a really good quote from Eberflus. I would is this a quote? I would just say that everybody's got to take a hard look at what they're doing in terms of the schemes we're running, what we're doing. We're charged with putting our players in the best position to execute, and that's what the coach does, and develop the players at the same time. We just got to do a better job. It's also on the players because it is a partnership, both of us together. The execution part on the field is always player and coach. I love that because it just is the most it's like it's the most obvious statement in the world, but it's also the most honest statement in the world. Okay. He is questioning that Justin Fields, are we putting him in everybody? But I think the, the majority of it is on Justin. Are we putting him in a position to win? Are we developing him? Like, what are we doing for this kid that we gave up a lot for and we aren't seeing results? It can't be like that he's not talented, that he doesn't want to play well, that the other people, you know, et cetera, et cetera. DJ Moore, he's talking to um, he's talking to Levante David in the Tampa Bay game. They're not using it. He goes, yeah, tell me about it. It's like, thank you for saying what is obvious, but having – having the wherewithal to acknowledge or to to say that in the face of the loyalty that sometimes goes around coaching staff. So good for him. That's the end of the show. We're going to do our preview. Uh, I guess we'll do it Thursday, right before the, the the game against the Lions. You can find me at MikeWall68 on Twitter, Process to Perform on Instagram. Remember, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel, Process to Perform. And, of course, if you're enjoying the show, do me a favor, hit the like button, leave your comments, etc. I'll try to enter the stuff next week. Thanks, guys. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.